Hi, everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. This episode is called Secrets in Silver Lakes. And um, what was the first thing you thought of? Silver Lake. Yeah. Which is the hipster hangout. The hipster mecca. Yes. Hipster That's the mecca word I was trying to go of for. Of L.A. Of L.A. You yeah. know right away if someone is from Silver Lake. And it's bizarre because no one can afford to live there, yet everyone dresses as though they have no money. Yes. Silver Lake is a special place. It is. And the Silver Lakes are also a special place. Place. <laughs> Nothing like Silver Lake in LA. No. These people the were the opposite. The opposite of a hipster mecca. <laughs> but it was kind of like laking. Lake, I would call it laking, is their activities, which is you're on a boat with the beer and the American flags everywhere. That's something hipsters from silver lake would do ironically we took a trip to las vegas when we were youngsters and there's a split off when you're going to vegas from los angeles between going to laughlin which is where the river and the lake is and then going to las vegas you could always tell the difference between the people because the people going to Laughlin had big inner tubes and American flags yes. on the back of their trucks. Yes. And they were all in trucks and they're going to Laughlin. They could not give two hoots about Vegas. Interesting. So Does that a, have anything to do with Havasu? A, oh, they're all the same. This is all the same. It looks fun. Lake lake folk. Yeah. I want I want to go tubing on a lake. I would do it. I did it in high school. I would, I would go. I might not go with this wolf pack, but I might go with other people. Wolf. This wolf pack was into activities that were a little too intense for me, but um, let, we'll get into that. So this episode, Secrets in Silver Lakes, aired on November 3rd, 2017. It is season 26, episode 6, hosted by Mr. Mankey with the Hankies. So this is in the Mojave Desert. It's a fake lake, of course, which is fine. I grew up fake by lake. a fake lake. Uh, their house was on Strawberry Lane, which is just so adorable. Um, we're talking about Rob and Sabrina Limone. They have two kids. They're a perfect couple. They never fight. They called each other Bear and Pooter, which is not a cute nickname. Pooter sounds to me like a farter. Pooter is an abbreviation for computer. I gotta go get my Pooter. I've said that before, maybe. Right. When but you're being cute? Yeah, I, use, I think my old computer used to say Kimberly's Pooter. Right. But I now think that's, of that's it what like I thought of. you pooted. Like you sharded. Well, if her nickname for him was Pooter, no, then of hers was probably... Bear. Oh, hers, and hers. And she, he called her Pooter, I think. Oh, well, then she probably had cute little blonde farts. You know, she, <laughs> she looked the part. Keep going. <laughs> okay, Rob was a mechanic, and Sabrina passed out samples at Costco. Rob enjoyed life which really pissed me off because it was so close to loving life, and it just wasn't. Then we meet their friends, very important to the story. Friends, Jason and Kelly. We're going to just call them friend Jason, friend Kelly. They're the people that are interviewed by far the most and two separate times. Yeah. They say that sunshine was coming out of Rob and Sabrina's butts. And I think he said butt instead of ass, which is probably what he usually would say. But Josh laughed at it. Mankowitz laughed. I think that he laughed because I think both of, I think Jason and Kelly were pretty candid and did not act very professional in the interview, (laughs) which also made them very enjoyable to watch because they were just laying it out there in very human terms. 
Yes. Here's how this worked. I enjoyed them because she oh, yes. was petty. She was wonderful. She was. Yeah. I loved her. And if people on Twitter didn't like her, I don't care. I disagree. I really liked her because she was I honest. I am so glad you did because all of me was worried that you were not going to like her and I, we were going to come to, to blows. possibly blows over no. Kelly. I thought I wasn't going to like her. First impression, I saw the lack of the eyebrows, the draw it up. Drew, draw, drawn. Why did I just forget how to speak English? I don't know, but you're not allowed to comment on people's eyebrows if you can't say it correctly. (laughs) There's a dog barking outside, and I saw Hamilton today, and I'm just awash with emotions right now. So I think that's so, yes. So, friend Kelly, I was sure I was not going to like because of her eyebrows drawn on. I loved her. She was our girl because she gave the gossip. There's one part yes. where she really in detail enacts what happened at this party. And I was like, yes. that's Katie and me. I have that written down. I have that whole scene. I was like, this moment yes. is when Kelly. I, is... She won me over. And I started just calling her good Kelly instead of bad Kelly from the episode. Oh, with I Ira. like that. Okay. She's let's good do Kelly. That. Yeah. So there's bad Kelly, who's a witch and yes. casts spells on men. And then yeah. there's good Kelly. Who Sean G, episode. our friend on Twitter, is in love with. What? Yeah, he's fallen under Kelly's spell, and he has a nice wife at home, and he admits that he is drawn to the darker side of Kelly, but he used his brain and picked a nice wife, but he is still drawn to the darkness of Kelly. So, Sean G, we need to do an intervention. You're being called out, Sean G. Yeah. On this podcast. She's a Wicca. unacceptable. But not the nice kind of Wicca, like Tara the, on Buffy Vampire Slayer. She's no, like she's evil. She's the bad kind of Wicca. Like Faruza okay. Balk on The Craft. What? Faruza oh, Balk yes. in The Craft. She's the oh, bad yeah. Wicca. I yeah. forgot because they started out as friends and then she they went all mean on her. She went mean. Yeah, she did. You're right. I, yeah. totally, mm-hmm. I remember that. Okay. Mm-hmm. So anyways, this group of friends, they call themselves the Wolf Pack. It's a bunch of young couples with kids. They drink a lot of beers on the lake and they have their little pups running around, as they said. They spend every holiday and birthday together. And Sabrina and Rob are kind of like the prom queen and king of the group. They're like the nucleus. They throw the parties and everyone wants to be around them. All the men, according to Jason, want to be like Rob. And all the women are like, why can't you be more like Rob? So apparently Rob is a great guy. Uh, A week after his 38th birthday, Rob, this great guy, is found dead. He is shot twice in the chest and in the chin. And Sabrina, his wife, wifey Sabrina, is a wreck. Well, he's found dead at work. Yeah, not at home. He's found dead at work. Yes. There's the sheriff of the episode, Detective Randall Meyer, who is like a ginger to beat all gingers. Kind of had a Ron Howard thing about him. A little bit. Right? A very monotone, toned down Ron Howard. Very non-animated. He's very serious, and that's why it's very exciting. And the few points that he does get animated, you know it's important. (laughs) I think it was Cindy who posted on Twitter their impression of what he was like when he finally figured out the killer. And it was a gif of somebody just being like, 
his smile that was like a quarter of a smile because he was very toned down the whole thing. Very, very toned down. So everyone loved Rob. They don't know who did it because his coworkers loved him. His friends loved him. His wife, Sabrina, loved him. Everyone rallies around his wife, Sabrina, to help her through. Good Kelly speaks at the funeral for Sabrina because she's too distraught to speak. They have a couple leads, but they don't pan out. There's this suspicious motorcycle that's on camera leaving the scene of the crime, but they don't know who it belongs to. Then, a couple weeks after the murder, the friend Jason, who's married to Good Kelly, gets a call from this dude, Jonathan, who is this young 24-year-old guy who he used to work with. He Wait, they're both firefighters, right? Jonathan Jason and Jason. And Jonathan are. Okay. Yes. Jonathan's a paramedic firefighter, which I don't really know what that is. You're a firefighter and a paramedic trained to go into fires... He, or are you paramedic for firefighter? I don't really understand. I have no idea is. how that works, actually. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. But Jonathan is this 24-year-old, really smart guy. He was homeschooled and grew up super religious. So he calls Jason two weeks after the murder and says he's being crushed by God and needs to apologize to both Jason and his wife. Very strange. So then Good Kelly starts telling this story a a year or two before the murder. And this is when I liked her, for sure. I was like, I'm into Kelly. So Jonathan is at this bar where there's this wolf pack party. And Kelly notices how weird Sabrina, the wife, and victim Rob both were being about religious Jonathan being there. Kelly was like, Sabrina... Jonathan's here and Sabrina puts her hand over her mouth and is like oops what's going on yeah. like innocent and then oh like, she like feigned back. surprise yes yeah why is he that's odd yes like not a normal reaction right totally right, right. so Kelly was first what is going on so then Rob walks by who later becomes the victim Rob she says Rob, do you know Jonathan? He's a friend of Jason's from work, and he also, I should mention, knows Sabrina from the Costco where she works. Because religious Jonathan would buy all the supplies for the firehouse, so he would go to Costco to do the Mm -hmm. shopping, and he met Sabrina there because she passes out samples. So Kelly says, do you know Jonathan? And Rob is like, oh, yeah, Kel, yeah, I do. But in a weird way, like she wasn't sure if he was faking that he didn't know him or if he was just, it was just weird. She just thought it was bizarre. And that's when I knew Kelly could be our best friend because we go home and analyze parties all the time. Who said what? Did you see that look? That was really weird. And you can't put anything past Kelly. Kelly retains and she doesn't just let it go. She's like, no, "No, that was weird. I know it was weird. Yes. It was weird. Yeah. And I liked her and her husband, Jason, because I felt like they were the kind of couple that would go home and discuss together. Which is what I want in a relationship. Can I go home and discuss with someone and gossip? Okay. So this is before the murder. We've jumped back in time. So Mm -hmm. first they run into him at this party kind of weird then jason the friend starts getting texts from religious jonathan asking if he can hang out with the wolf pack a lot of texts first it's every couple days and then it's literally every single day he's saying can i come hang out i love you you guys are a great group i want to be friends with you can i hang out and it's just weird and then one day jason is hanging out with rob and religious jonathan texts and says i really need to talk to your friend rob 
And Jason's like, how do you even know what is going on? So he says, I've been having an affair with his wife, Sabrina. So religious Jonathan, 24 years old, wants to now tell the husband, Rob, about the affair. Jason says to his best friend, Rob, man, I don't know how to say this. This dude's on the phone and he says, having an affair with your wife. And Rob says, I know. I found out a couple weeks ago. Let me talk to him. They talk on the phone. And then Rob comes back and says, we're all good. It's fine. But please don't tell the rest of the wolf pack. Because they're still the, the queen and the king of the right. wolf pack. And they don't want their image to be tarnished. So good Lord. it seems like the affair is going to be over. Everything's going to be fine. A year later, Kelly, our girl, goes to the Costco because Costco is where everyone hangs out, I guess. No, or, I think she was random. She's just going to pick something up really quick. Is how but she co- made it sound. Was Costco like the Walmart of this episode? Or was Costco more like yes. the pickup joint of this episode? No, it just happened to be. No, but I think that Costco is the Walmart of it's this episode. Pr- it was pretty happening. Kelly stops by Costco and she sees wifey Sabrina talking to religious Jonathan. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. After the affair was supposedly over. So she gets pissed. She goes home and she tells her husband, Jason. And Jason calls religious Jonathan. And religious Jonathan says that the affair is indeed over, but that he and Sabrina have a spiritual relationship. That's a new one. Uh huh. So Jason said, man, don't see her again or I'll get involved. Not having it. He's very protective over the prom king and queen of the wolf pack. And he was like, I'll be the regulator here and you cannot see him again. So, yes. I just thought of something. What if spiritual is like a spiritual relationship and it's based on spirits? It's based on booze. We have an alcohol relationship. Oh my God. <laughs> is that not funny? Spirits, no. you all? No. Because you're saying it's so weird. Spirits, you <laughs> like Sensual. Sensual. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I thought it was good. I'm cool tired. Whip. I warned you. So, okay. So Jason Jason okay, says no so, more. This yeah, is, so Jason says stop. stop having the affair. And Jonathan seems kind of like a wuss to me and he's twenty four years old. So he's like, He's okay, ten years man. younger than that. Yeah. yeah okay. Sure. Just, yeah. Sure. Man, it's over. I'm not gonna talk to her anymore, I promise. Now we jump ahead. It's now two weeks after the murder. Religious Jonathan starts coming around. He visits Sabrina. He brings her flowers and this gushing letter on how Rob was such a great man and he wants to be a great man like Rob was. Sabrina is reading the letter to Kelly, our girl, who fully says, I'm trying not to throw up. I am with you, Kelly. I wrote it down. I loved it. I I was like, it's such a visceral thing. And that's what you're thinking. You're like, oh, I'm trying not to throw up. And she actually says it. And you're like, you're the best. And worse is that when Sabrina is reading her this note from religious Jonathan, she's saying, oh, how sweet. Isn't this so sweet? No. She's like trying to get Kelly on her side. No, it's weird, Sabrina. It's weird that this guy is coming around two weeks after your husband didn't die of cancer after a long illness. So we all knew it was coming. He was shot. Mm -hmm. Jason and Kelly are super suspicious. And that's why I love them because I liked that they would go home and analyze and gossip and go, I think that something's up with this. 
what is yeah. going on? There's also this really cute older couple on this one date. Is it a Dateline or 48 Hours? Where they're like an older, older couple and they describe one night where they're both laying in bed and the de- the husband just goes, are you still awake? She's like, yeah. And he goes, I think he did it. And the wife is like, I do too. Okay. And they got up and they started talking about it. And it was their best friend. That and is they're the best like thing in their I've ever 60s. heard. They both just knew it. And it was the, their best friend. Okay. So the friend Jason, which he kind of says what we're all thinking. If Jonathan did this, this 24-year-old, why would he do it? A, why would he do it for Sabrina, who is this, she's hot in pictures, but she's married mom with two kids. And this guy's 24 and has his whole life ahead of him. But and is a firefighter. It's and a, is fairly attractive. He's like build. Like he's, he's attractive. He's tall and kind of built. I did not find him attractive. But okay. we've seen it many times before where an, a younger guy falls so hard for an older woman that you he have. ends up taking out his wife. I've seen it on five date lines, ten date lines. Happens a lot. Are they normally witches? The older uh, women? No. Not like, her name is Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina was a good witch. As she good as te- Melissa she Joan was a teenage, Hart could be. She was a teenage witch, so yeah. we don't know how she turned out later. That's true. She, she could have gone to the dark side. <laughs> so then we find out, which I don't know why it's an OMG moment, because it's really not, because I called it from the preview literally a week ago when they first heard the preview. Sabrina and Rob, a few years ago, had invited another couple to swap partners with them. They had this preview that they put out on Monday on Instagram, and it was like this couple of young friends this group they called themselves the wolf pack i wrote swingers right away yeah. but then when they finally said it on dateline i was so excited i was like i would do it i i can't believe it i was i'm impressed right. that you got it from that the only reason i got it was because they kept saying secrets yeah they said secrets too many times i was like if you're really pushing home the secrets aspect then right then we go hmm, what kind but of secrets? did you know who they were in bed with no that, so, that no. was a little surprise well okay. yeah so friend jason tries to talk to sabrina and says listen religious jonathan is bad news he shouldn't be coming around you and the kids he's creepy and she blows him off and says everyone has come into my life for a reason very religiously sabrina's sister I didn't know. Okay. Sabrina's sister says that Sabrina was an emotional wreck, but also noticed that Jonathan was coming around way too soon. He was acting like the man of the house. He was cooking, and that was usually Rob's thing. And she did think that that was really suspicious. So Ron Howard Cop figures out that religious Jonathan had a gun that matches the bullet that was in Rob's head and has a motorcycle that matches the video. Religious Jonathan's phone didn't ping near where Rob was killed. In fact, there was no activity on his phone at all at that time. But, for two days. Yes. For the day before and that day. Yeah. But no in activity. the days before, there were thousands and thousands of texts and calls to a burner phone. Very weird. Criminals need to remember it's not just the activity of your phones that can get you. It's the lack of activity. It can be like the phone goes silent for a few hours right during the murder, but the rest of the day you're really active. So if I was going to kill someone, I would pay someone, like maybe a homeless person, to just start using my phone around the area. Hashtag burned by the burner? Yes, I approve. I'm writing it down. Okay. 
I don't know why. So they tail. So I don't reli- <laughs> Yeah, they tail religious Jonathan, and they see him drop some motorcycle pipes into a dumpster. And now we're getting into the second preview the Dateline released during the week, which had Josh saying all about the secrets and the friends and a motorcycle in disguise. I tweeted. And said, listen, Mank, I know these people are swingers. I figured it out from the first preview. But what the heck is a motorcycle in disguise? And he wrote back, that was my nickname in 10th grade. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best. If he ever comes to, uh, he was in California. Dang it. This all takes place in Kern County. Mank, just just tweet us. Call us. We could meet at a Caro's. I I don't have a problem with this. Okay, it doesn't have to be Caro's. We'll We'll find a gastro pub. What kind Caros of food is, is that? Caro's is like Lions or like Denny's. It's What's like a Lions? Do you don't know what Lions is? Lions no. is like Denny's. They're all chain diner places. Why do you always go to that? Or like the Red Caros Robin. Pies. You always go to that. I don't actually go to those places. And but I, you I'm interested to. in them. Yeah. Okay. I, I drive by. I drove by Caro's the other day and was like, I could go for a big pumpkin pie. I wonder how much they are. They had a well, sign. Josh did interview several people in restaurants in this episode. So they were in yes. like a fancy bar. They were in like a cool spot because mm-hmm. Jason and Kelly are cool. Jason and Kelly are cool. And in a lot of the, he was not doing Thai at all. Thai, I noticed he? that he was sometimes He's doing a more relaxed, very relaxed. Sometimes yeah. I couldn't even tell if there was a hanky. It was very small. I don't know. So Ron Howard Cop starts to think that Sabrina might be in on it. Maybe she encouraged religious Jonathan to do it, as we've seen in many datelines. So he taps their phones, and we even see B-roll of him putting on the biggest headphones I've ever seen, so that yes. you know he's really listening to something. Like yeah, the, they were they were intense headphones. They yeah. were they were two hundred dollar headphones. We don't yeah. know about that. Were they yeah. Beats by Dre? <laughs> Dude, I don't think cops use Beats by Dre. I don't know. Did you friend? Meyer is he on Twitter? <laughs> no, but you know who followed us is the reporter Olivia, the blonde that was interviewed. Really? Yeah. Shout out to the reporter. That's cool. yeah. Okay, so religious Jonathan and wifey Sabrina from the tapped phone conversations are clearly not just in a spiritual relationship. They are, as Mankey says, lovers. <laughs> and I've repeatedly asked Dateline to not use that word. But I just sort of feel like they're messing with me at this point. Because I feel like it's in every episode now. Lovers. And he is not cute, Jonathan. I think he looks like a pimply teenager in the photos. Do do you find him cute? I thought he was much more attractive on the stand. But then again, on the stand, he's 28 years old. So it's a little bit different. If you could see my face. I see your face. I see the disgusted face. But I am disgusted from last episode. So I'm doing it a little bit on purpose. Because Clay, whatever, Andrew Clay. I didn't find him cute. I just thought he was well-spoken. I in no way thought thought Daniel Clay was cute. He had slim, shady hair. You seem to say he had a soft manner about him. He did. He was calm. That means that he's maybe attractive to you. No, not even at all. I told you, a hard pass from me. But I thought he was well-spoken. Well, I think Randall Meyer, Detective Meyer, would be a good match for you. So. Really? The ginger? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. He's very mild-mannered. But then also, he doesn't seem like the type that would talk about cases. He'd be no. like, I can't talk about it and stick to that. And you, you'd oh, I, be able Oh, I would never that. go on a second date with him if he wouldn't give me any gossip. No. Yeah, and he wouldn't. He totally wouldn't. All right, no. so what did they find out when they tapped the phone? So on the phone, they're talking a lot about God's plan for them. 
they're calling each other lover, like good morning lover. It's really gross. So Detective Meyer starts interjecting himself to try to get them to say more because they're being really vague. They're saying like, I feel like such a bad girl. That's what she says. I feel like I've sinned, but they never specifically talk about what they've done. So Detective Meyer texts Sabrina and says, I need to talk to you. So then, of course, Sabrina calls religious Jonathan and says, I need, he wants to talk to me. What do I do? And so Jonathan says, well, let's pray about it. And he prays to God to give Sabrina the right words to say to the cop. So Ron Howard cop tells her we don't have anything. The case is going cold. And Sabrina hangs up and calls Jonathan right away, tells him. Then Ron Howard Cobb calls and says, hey, we found DNA at the crime scene. This is great news. And Sabrina calls Jonathan. And Jonathan's first reaction is not, oh, that's great. They're getting close. It's, well, cops are allowed to lie to get a reaction. So Mm -hmm. he probably doesn't have anything, which is a really weird thing to say. Yes, it is. So Ron Howard Cobb is, as Josh tells us, tickling the wires. I know you're making a face already. Um, and he often found himself in the mood to tickle. Stop it. Now, this is Josh Mankiewicz saying this. Okay, this is we're, not me. I'm, move on. Listen move to on me, from Katie. This. He is purposefully saying titillating things. I'm telling you, he says things like finger lakes right, a lot. But they don't. That I, <laughs> Keith and Josh purposefully say things in a titillating manner to titillate the audience members and they yes. know we are gonna laugh and get excited about it. They know we're gonna giggle. They know it's gonna be a giggle moment yes. for the audience. So <laughs> here's the deal. When he said in the mood to tickle in this episode, <laughs> I understood that yes. You he were was gonna be saying, in for some conversation with me. Yeah, but he was also going he was saying these things to a picture for the audience in Thank an episode you. about swingers. Thank where you. Where the word lover is used multiple times. Yes, I, I understand. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Okay. Good. All right. So keep going. So then they start talking on the phone very specifically about one portion of the Bible, about <laughs> David and Bathsheba. I guess they had an affair and David sent Bathsheba's wife, I'm sorry, Bathsheba's husband into battle to get him killed so that he could have her. And God forgave him for doing that. And he got to marry Bathsheba. And then they talk how they've both sinned a lot, but they're not specific about it. And then Ron Howard tickles the wires by saying, Sabrina, I think we've ID'd the guy on the motorcycle. And Jonathan Praise to God. This was the most vivid for me was he says, please, God, help me to live freely. I mean, that to me fully means don't have them catch me and lock me up, you know? So they arrest Jonathan. They feel like they have a lot on Jonathan. And they arrest Sabrina. But they have to release Sabrina right away because the DA feels that they don't have enough evidence on her. She was really just too vague on the phone calls, I think. She just kept saying, I feel like a horrible person, but she never said why she feels like a horrible person. In the interrogation, they try to push her and they say, we know you were in on it. We know you've told Jonathan to do this. And she just keeps saying, no, no, she won't give it up. So Sabrina is out free, but the whole wolf pack thinks that Sabrina is fully guilty. She is a pariah to them. 
So Sabrina's sister says that Sabrina is now just being harassed by everyone in this small town. They all think that she did it. She starts to have to homeschool the kids. But I think she was going to do that anyways because Jonathan was homeschooled. And I think right. that was Jonathan's influence. I think right. he was like, yeah, I'm, I was homeschooled and yeah, I'm a Bible-thumping murderer, but I'm still someone you should raise your children in his likeness. She because moved. I am like King David. Yes. And he was forgiven by God. So I'm going to be forgiven by God. So Sabrina moves the kids out of town to get away from all the small town gossip while Jonathan is about to go on trial. Jonathan decides that unlike David, he wants to talk about Sabrina. I believe what Mankwood says is that he was going to roll on his Bathsheba. David was going (laughs) to roll on his Bathsheba for a lesser sentence. So Jonathan admits every step of the way that he killed Rob. He fully admits it. But he says that Sabrina helped him plan it. He says she wanted to be with Jonathan. She was concerned about getting a divorce because it would look bad in the community. As I've said, they were like the prom king and queen. And the prom king and queen can't get a divorce. But there's no real proof. He doesn't have any proof. So it's just Jonathan's word versus Sabrina's word. He takes a deal that says if he testifies against Sabrina, he will get his sentence lowered to voluntary manslaughter. So instead of life in prison, he could get less than 25 years. And he's only 24 at this time, so he could be out before he's 50 for this. And he shot a guy in the face. But they really want Sabrina, so the cops agree to the deal. (laughs) The trial is televised live which I thought was hilarious, and I know I would have been so into it if I had known about it. I think it was pretty local, but everyone in Silver Lakes, they said no one did any work during the trial. That's they just I love it. All were wild. I, I want a trial like that. I want to be that invested. Now, I'm when sorry I die, you died. You can be I invested. Be into it. I will <laughs> eventually bite it, and then there you go. But will your trial be interesting enough to have all of LA fixated and watching? That's up to you. Because I'm going to murder you in an interesting way. No, because you're going to get some media buzz going. Come on. Okay. I'm going to go and weep and like fall down. I'm going to throw myself at the reporters. Get a lot of our actor friends and just ham it up. Yes. Make it a big deal. Okay. Throw a lot of red herrings in there. Oh, she had this crazy sister. Like throw things in there. You got to like, you got to get on it. Oh, that's good. I got to basically control the narrative. Yeah, or you know she has these ex-boyfriends. You got to do a whole thing. Okay, Mm -hmm. there are so many suspects. It's going to be like Clue. Okay, anyways. Okay, so Jonathan takes the stand and he testifies for seven days. That seems like such a long time to listen to Jonathan talk. Do you know why? Why? Because they played the wiretapping ad nauseum. Oh. They played it to the point where they said people in the jury were closing their eyes and suspe- <laughs> were being suspected of falling asleep. They were just sick of the wiretapping. Which also makes sense to me why the verdict that we hear about comes in fairly quickly. But I'm just saying they were sick of it. The judge was sick of it, was making jokes about it. because Well, they- honestly, like on Dateline, they only showed a couple minutes of it and I was sick of it. And they played hours and hours no. and hours of it. I only yeah. had to hear Good Morning Lover. And no, I was and like, it, I'm out. By the way, it Bye, wasn't guys. Good Morning Lover. It was Good Morning, My Lover. It was My Lover, which uh, makes it so uh, much worse. It was, she said, Good Morning, My Lover. And she goes, Good Morning. Oh, God. It was a disaster. God is good. God is good. <laughs> God is good. 
So Jonathan takes the stand, and I really didn't realize what a frog face he has. He didn't. He looked totally normal to me. No. And you're wrong. I'll just say that right now. He says that Sabrina was unhappy with Rob because of their open marriage. She kind of felt like Rob was too willing to pass her around to other guys and should have cherished her more. Now, friend Kelly says that the open marriage was her idea. We don't really know. It's possible it was, but then she got sick of it. I don't know. But so she turned to Jonathan, told him all this bad stuff about Rob. And that kind of turned Jonathan against Rob and how bad he was. And that led to them joking about how great it would be if Rob was just gone. You know, it's just a joke. But then it goes from a joke to talking about, well, maybe we could do something about it. And their first plan was to poison him with banana pudding. Ew. That Jonathan (laughs) made. I don't. That. So Jonathan (laughs) made it. So they chickened out, though. Sabrina tells Rob, don't eat that pudding. The bananas have gone bad. I don't know why that bothered me so much, because bananas just don't seem like they go bad to me. They go brown. They but, go bad. They get mushy and ugh. Yeah, but they don't go. No, it's true. They do, You can still you cook with them after they have gone. That's how you make banana bread. You use like old bananas. Also, do you feel like it's a really good metaphor for their relationship? Don't eat that. The bananas have gone bad. I feel like. And then she gave him a look. Was it a moment? Could that well, have been a Lifetime movie moment? So there's an episode of Golden Girls where Dorothy's pretending that she's trying to poison Sophia for the money because Sophia all of a sudden thinks she's rich. And so Dorothy starts handing her tea a lot and then she'll be like, don't drink that, Rose. That's for my mother. (laughs) And Sophia gets all freaked out and runs out of the room. So I sort of feel like if anyone said to me, don't eat that banana bread, the bananas have gone bad, I would immediately go, what the, you're trying to poison me. You're trying to murder me. Yeah. But Rob apparently doesn't pick up on that. Rob's a good guy. Rob is is not like us. He's not suspicious of people (laughs) giving him delicious treats. He didn't watch Dateline enough. So Jonathan admits that he decides that he's just going to do it with the gun. So he changes the appearance of his motorcycle, fakes a limp for the security camera, which is just seems kind of stupid to me and didn't lead anywhere. And he paused at the door of the garage right before he's going to shoot Rob. And he prayed. Was he praying to... I don't know what he was praying for. Was he praying for God to give him the strength to yes, kill another yes, man? Yes, yes. Or for God, the God answer? Give me, God give me the strength to kill this person. Yes, that's what he's praying. Whatever. He's just... It, it makes know. no sense to me. Just... So, religious Jonathan, on the stand, he says that he and Sabrina had this catchphrase that they used for... First of all, it was how they could live their lives the way they wanted to. And to get to that point, they would be having to commit this murder. And that phrase is seeking purpose. So I'm a Jew, as we've mentioned five or six, like, thousand times. And I just don't... Okay, so is this a common Christian interpretation of the Bible? No. That it's fine to kill someone as long as it's going to help you live your best life no. is is that what the purpose driven life is about that book okay and <laughs> second question you could use that to justify killing almost anyone like yes. these people in front of me at the mall are walking so slow 
and the purpose of my life is to get a soft pretzel in my mouth as fast as possible so I can murder these slow walkers because they are stopping me from reaching my purpose. From see, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is the soft pretzel in my mouth. So that's, that's fine. That's exactly right. And then God yeah. will forgive me because yes. I was just seeking my purpose. 100%. So this that's is it. something Christians see when they read the Bible. No, this is something that delusional people see when they read the Bible. They take the Bible. This is a common, unfortunately, common practice for people to take the Bible and interpret it the way that suits them best to get the ends right. that they're trying to achieve. Right. So he, they are interpreting the good book in a really bad way. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Sabrina's lawyer. So then where are we? Sabrina's lawyer tries to defend her. She says that Jonathan is this great manipulator and Mm -hmm. he did it all alone. They bring this other woman onto the stand who (gasps) apparently Jonathan had a gal on the side who he met online. That was a mini OMG moment, right? It really, it was. Okay. And she is another older woman and not older. Looks a lot like like Sabrina. But yes, yes. Another woman in her 30s, maybe blonde. And she mm-hmm. says Jonathan was so smart beyond his years. And that's the exact same thing that Jason said. But I see little evidence of that. He sounds smart when he talks and yeah. he uses big words. And maybe modifying the bike was smart. The limp thing was just stupid to me. He didn't use a burner phone and he came around way too soon. He made himself the prime suspect right away within two weeks. So any sort of modifications mm-hmm. or fake limping he did didn't mean anything because he was acting crazy suspicious within the first two weeks. So I don't find him that smart. Brina says it's like it was like dating a dictionary because he used big words. I was unimpressed. But they try to paint him as a slick Bible-quoting predator. <laughs> and Sabrina is just his innocent victim. So then this is our another OMG moment, which I had a huge reaction to. I really gasped out loud and scared Griff. I don't know why, because I had known from the beginning, but it was a little deeper. I, I was just so excited to have validation. Kelly testifies that not only did she and Jason know about the partner swapping, but they actually participated in it. <laughs> no! I knew from Wolfpack... Kim on Twitter, she called it too because she thought the, the, the term wife pack implies unnatural levels of intimacy. So she was... Wolf pack does? Yes. Ah, yes. interesting. Okay. Yes. And then I felt like... Oh, two... and the fact that they all had t-shirts? Or yes. are you waiting for fashion police for that? But I, I mean, it's, it was a true. serious gang of friends. Yes. This is the people that go to Disneyland and they're all in identical shirts and maybe caps and, you know, yes. have walkie talkies and the whole jazz. Yeah. But it's yeah. part of the fact that they're all these kind of middle-aged dudes calling themselves the wolf pack. They're trying to be really young, hip guys. But in the reality, at night, when they go home at night, they're just kind of dads living in the suburbs yeah and so that, they're trying to that break out of that a one, that's what i'm trying to say they're trying to break free from that mold and right. their normal humdrum lives Correct. so josh mankowitz sits down again with kelly and jason the friends and we get a first person voiceover from him 
which was very rare. Did you notice yes, that? Yes, I did notice it. Of course I noticed it. He says, I'll admit, when I asked Jason and Kelly about this, I was in uncharted territory. Now, I thought he handled it very well, but I do wish we had gotten more questions answered because I, I wanted more details. So let's unpack this, what we know, okay? Mank says to the friends, Jason and Kelly, you had a sexual relationship with Rob and Sabrina, but you, Jason, never had sex with Sabrina. And you, Kelly, never had sex with Rob. And they say, correct. that's correct. And Mank says, well, okay, so what am I missing? And they say, that's like as specific as we want to go. They won't delve into it. So I start to think maybe it was some same-sex partnering. Maybe it was Sabrina and Kelly hooking up and Rob and Jason hooking up. But they won't answer. If I was Mank, I would have said, I'm sorry, I know this is NBC, but that's completely unacceptable. And the people want answers, and I'm going to give them answers. Who did what with who? We find out. I think we only got the tip of the iceberg. It's still very vague. Who else in the group was involved? Oh, yeah, I wanted to know that, too. Okay. I I could not find that out, and I tried. So Kelly takes the witness stand, and she gives a little bit more. She says it was usually Sabrina and Kelly hooking up and then having sex with their husbands. I think it might be all in the same room, but she was saying that they were then spiritually, sensually (laughs) with their husband, not with the opposite husband. Okay. Yeah. So Sabrina takes the sand, finally. This crack, this just killed me. They don't usually take the stand. Her lawyer wants her to take the stand because basically she's so much dumber than Jonathan and he wants what? the jury to hear that. Can we talk about what this is all about? Because the defense attorney probably says 15 times, she's not articulate. Yeah. She's not intelligent. He well, keeps saying, like, because, comparing her to Jonathan. Because he's trying just... to do a Svengali thing. That's the defense. She was totally tricked by this really smart genius kid. She didn't know what was going on. He uses big words. And he, so it's like on King of the Hill, you know, when Peggy kidnaps that girl from Mexico by accident because she doesn't yes. And so Hank is like, like, let her talk in Spanish so the judge can hear how good her Spanish is. And then she says Cinco de Mayo and stuff like that. And this judge That's is right. like, oh, it's clear you don't speak Spanish at all. That's why you couldn't have done this on purpose. And because you're an idiot. So it was that same technique. I want to watch, watch that episode right now. <laughs> but that's the technique that the, the lawyer is going for. He wants Kelly to sound dumb on the stand. So people will believe she's not the mastermind behind it. That Jonathan yeah. is the mastermind. So Sabrina takes the stand. She's super monotone. Sedated. No. Yes. And in the pictures we saw of her, she had her mouth open. She was partying, drinking alcohol and screaming, woohoo. She's a woohoo girl. So she's on the stand saying that Rob was obsessed with porn and sex. And so she reached out to this young man, Jonathan, who would pray with her and fulfilled a different need in her. Then she says Jonathan controlled her by carrying his Bible with him. And I didn't know she meant physically, like would he hold it up and wave it at her and she was uh, instantly subdued? <laughs> like I'm con- like a dog with a spray bottle. Like, is that how she was controlled? I want by it this to Bible? be like that. I want him to be just immediate references to everything. Deuteronomy. <laughs> 
<laughs> flipping it open. Flipping, that was the, licking his finger and touching Ezekiel. the page. There's yeah. something about this in Ezekiel, I remember. <laughs> They're at Starbucks and, and he's like, like this oh is accurately represented in Leviticus right here. Um, is Leviticus something? Is that a real Leviticus one? Leviticus is a book. Uh, okay, so back to Sabrina. She has no idea that Jonathan killed Rob, according to her. And she was sad about her husband being dead, despite the fact that all of the texts were how happy she was with Jonathan and how, quote, super blessed she felt after the murder. I don't understand if she is seriously highly sedated because she has no fight in her because he I think says, they, I think he told her, I think the defense attorney coached her and said, this is how you need to act. You need to act dumb and don't talk a lot and talk slow. Yeah. She talked real slow. Yeah. And he says, well, it says on this text that you felt super blessed after the murder. And she says, well, I wasn't. <laughs> That's her only, she does explain she didn't have permission to stray outside of the group for sex and that's part of why she kept saying she had sinned and all of that and I think when she said stray outside the group of friends that she did kind of seem to out a lot of the rest of the wolf pack to me group of friends doesn't just mean Kelly and Jason it means several other people oh I'm sure that are it was involved. several so I'm sure that's what constituted the wolf pack yeah, but they won't talk about it. And they did appear on B-roll at Up the Lake, the wolf they pack. They did. But they at, never in wanted to be days. interviewed. Yes. Yeah, I know. So I didn't know how comfortable they would be with Kelly and Jason talking about the sex. I mean, They yeah. had to talk about it because it came up and it was a big part of it. But right. I'm sure that they had made a pact within the wolf pack. They weren't going to... Yeah. I think it was RJ on Twitter who kept calling it the sex pack. Okay, and yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. I just got it sit like a six pack, but it's a sex pack. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's funny, RJ. So the only time that she showed a little bit of fight on the stand, I thought, is when the prosecutor keeps saying, well, it seems like you're just controlled by men. You're controlled by your husband. You have to get permission. She said, yeah. no, he was my husband. And he says, well, you were just controlled by Jonathan. She says, no, I said Jonathan was controlling. Yeah. So she's was showing her true colors in that moment. I thought so too. Totally because agree. she had been so monotone. And mm-hmm. then at that one point, she was shooting daggers at the prosecutor. She kind of breaks out of it a little bit. She yeah, did. And absolutely. I felt like, so you're showing us that you totally could have control over right. J- Jonathan and could have told him what to do. Showing it a tiny bit. Uh, the veneer is crumbling a little. So yeah. the prosecutor does his final speech. What's it called? Closing argument. Closing argument. It's a speech. And um, he gives his final audition. (laughs) (laughs) So he says this isn't a case of he said, she said. It's a case of he said, she lied. And he is way too proud of himself. So happy. It is on the PowerPoint presentation overhead projector Mm -hmm. for the jury Mm -hmm. to see. And he even says, that's what I'm calling it. So that we know that he came up with that phrase. It's not that good, guy. So It's okay. So Sabrina is convicted of first-degree murder, conspiracy, accessory, solicitation to commit murder. The only thing she's not guilty of is the pudding murder plot. They don't think that she ever had this pudding in her fridge, I guess, or don't believe that. I don't, I don't know. So Kelly and Jason really miss Rob. Then we get what really was the OMG moment for me. Kelly and Jason are now divorced. What? I, I think like, I said what. I said I was what? Upset. I yeah. said 
I was rooting for you. We were all we were rooting, all for, rooting you. for you. And there's no explanation. I mean, you kind of just feel like it was the trial and the murder that tore them apart or the fact that I think Jason was in love with Rob maybe. And a or lot the of sex people pack. the sex pack, a lot of people on Twitter think that Kelly was in love with Sabrina or in love with Rob. Yeah. So, oh, they, there was a, there was a little bit about Kelly being that. in love with Rob. A yeah, little they touch did put on her that. on the stand yeah, yeah. and say, "Were you in love with Rob?" And she's like, "No, but I liked him a lot more than Sabrina seemed to." So she held her own, I thought, on the stand. She's so good. Yeah, yeah she's the best. But uh, some people on Twitter thought she was in love with Sabrina, and no, and I did not get that vibe at all. No, I don't think so. I think she was in love with Rob and was secretly hoping that maybe things would work. Out. Yeah, I think that's possible. So, I think Rob was probably pretty charismatic. I think Jason. I, I think gather. both Kelly and Jason were in, in a marriage together. They loved each other. They were friends, but they were both kind of in love with Rob. Yep. He's like the guy, the big man on campus. Yeah, he's the guy. Everyone yeah. loves him. He, the guys yep. and the girls love him. So the wolf pack still hangs out and they remember Rob, but it's not the same. They do have these stickers that are memorializing him. I don't know if you noticed in the stickers, he's shirtless yes, in the I photo. Did I did. I did notice. <laughs> and Cindy on Twitter noticed that, that the cop has the sticker above his desk in the cop station. And she goes, why does the cop have a shirtless picture of Rob above his desk? Is everyone in love with Rob? <laughs> That's just the sticker they use for his memorial, but I don't know why he's shirtless in it. So did you have any other thoughts? That was pretty much my recap on this. Yeah, I mean, I had some guaca moments. Great, go do, for it. Do you want some outside moments or sure. some inside moments? Okay, so something happened. One Somebody in the wolf pack named Karen that I got really excited because I thought oh, it might have been Kelly. But I there heard was, about this on Twitter. Go for it. Yes, that she pushed That she pushed a wit, like a prosecution witness outside at the courthouse. Did you hear about this? I thought she had pushed maybe Kelly. It was a witness for the prosecution, so it might have been Kelly. So was pushed into a wall and then got a misdemeanor battery for it. So somebody in the wolf pack got really mad. Who did they get mad at? Well, from what I heard on Twitter, this person that did the pushing was possibly the person who was going to get the life insurance. That was my other question is where's the money in this? Uh, Someone on Twitter said that this woman, Karen, was somehow involved and she was trying to get the life insurance. Or that Kelly and Jason were trying to get the life insurance. Something about life insurance seemed very iffy to me. Because now, obviously, Sabrina has to forfeit it. I would think it would just go to the kids. Does he have life insurance? Not everyone has life insurance. I don't know if the company that he worked for provided some, maybe. Maybe, but I mean, my husband doesn't have life insurance set up. But he doesn't. Well, yeah. If he was murdered at work... Would the work have life insurance? I don't know about murdered at work. If he died in an accident at work. Right. Yes. Right. They, the company would pay. Well, so if anyone knows out. more about this woman, Karen, and what mm-hmm. her deal is, please let us know on Twitter. Yeah, we're really uh, or curious Facebook about or that. Or whatever. The other thing that I found out, his sisters were upset because they said Sabrina obviously wasn't a good wife because Rob's favorite dessert was not banana pudding. It was ice cream topped with popcorn. They were really upset. Were they more upset that she didn't seem to know her husband's favorite dessert? She didn't dessert? know her husband at but all. But maybe she wasn't going to cook it in his favorite dessert. Well, but Jonathan's the one who cooked it. So maybe Jonathan was like, it's fine. We're going to use bread pudding because that's my mom's recipe. And that's something I know how to bake. He's the yeah. one who made it. 
And banana I'm so, pudding. Wait, what was it? Ice cream banana. with popcorn on top? Ice cream with popcorn on top. Yeah, I know. I've heard people eat that eat that. I don't understand. I'm curious about that. I have two other things really quick. Number one, did you know that when they introduced Randall Meyer, did you notice that the first time we see him, the detective, that he's walking into a bar? Yes, it's this with bar Mankiewicz. called the Alley Cat that says cocktails in bright neon letters. And I was like, what's happening here? I did notice. This and is I the detective. It did not look like the same place. It that didn't. It he looked like a CD dive bar. Yes. It looked like a very CD right. dive bar. If it has cocktails in red, I feel like it's a hilarious. That was funny to me. All right. Did um, you have any Baca moments? I had a couple classic Dateline moments. Mm-hmm. So Josh was doing his interview with uh, Kelly and Jason, drinking wine. It were was, they drinking wine? I think were, they were. There was water in the second scene. The first interview was with wine glasses. In those top. But it's but it's goblets. It looked like water in wine goblets. No, it was wine. How do you know it was wine? Because wine, was he drinking it has a color wine? to it. But it looked like water to me. I was looking specifically to see if it was wine, and maybe it was just because I was watching on a smaller screen than you, and I was not watching in HD. I will look for it while we while we speak of it. Why did I write down pumpkin pie? Oh, because we're talking about caros. Pumpkin pie. You no, I wrote, just write stuff down. You wrote pumpkin pie down when we were yeah, talking I about caros? I wrote, I wrote pumpkin pie twice, secrets underlined, life insurance underlined, and King David. Those are the things I wrote down. I don't understand why you write things down. I don't know. It looks really scary, too, because some of it's in cursive and some of it's not. Oh, my God. I know. It's wine. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so it's wine. Yeah, it's, so they had wine. Yes, it's what's totally the, what's wine. What's the issue? No, nothing. Wait, maybe it's not wine. Let me look again. It looks like water to me. No, it's wine. I'm looking at it right now. It is it is champagne colored. I would want wine. I'm glad. I'm I glad was hoping it was wine because I liked the casual vibe because they're talking about sex and stuff. And yeah, normally they're in a studio right. in this is like not these like folding that. chairs. This right. was much hipper. I liked it. Right. Um, and then I did write down that he headed into a bar with the detective. So I kind of thought the whole episode was like drinking based. Um, was it spiritual? <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Is this uh, going to be like what was the trash one? But I was so excited. Are about? you sewer? Are you sewer? This is spiritual. Uh God! How about quotes of the week? I think I went through all mine, which was the ones that I'm trying not to throw up. Okay, was one of my quotes, and then the um, the Meyer often found himself in the mood to tickle. Yes, of course. I mean, that was the quote of the week. I mean, that was the, um, that was the quote of the month. Also. So the Ron Howard cop says a burner phone is used to avoid law enforcement detection. And Mank says, or to avoid husband detection. (laughs) I thought that was good. Good And then he says to, Mank says to the Ron Howard cop, you were playing them like a couple of violins. I'm surprised you didn't have sheet music. Oh my God. (laughs) I totally missed that. Yeah. So that was really good. And then there was one only time I liked Jonathan was when he was on the stand and he's been grilled about this banana pudding. And if Sabrina had it in her fridge and maybe the kids would have had access to it. And Jonathan says, I was not overseeing the status of her refrigerator. That's kind of funny. Yeah. I kind of liked that. Um, And I, then I think, I also think we need a new segment, which would be. What is it? What's your segment? My segment is. Brands that are unhappy to be featured on Dateline and are now associated with murder this week, Nilla Wafers. True. It's totally true. My segment is 
do you know where your children are? What happened to their <laughs> kids are like, all this stuff is happening here. Their dad died. She's arrested. That They're just this, to the wind. This really was, but I didn't even really think about it until people on Twitter are like, why doesn't she care about the kids? Or I didn't even think about, I didn't think about the pudding or that the, the kids could have access to it. And then they but, get the new dad showing up at the house and right, cooking meals and exactly. trying to be the surrogate father. What's happening? But I, th- it kind of is like the first three seasons of The Walking Dead. And it was like, where's Carl? Right. And Lori's <laughs> like, I don't know. He's in the house. He's fine. Where is Carl? You were the worst mom ever. Do you know where your child is? He's killing a zombie. It's fine. He's fine. Yeah, he's down by the creek killing a zombie. It's fine. Yeah, that she did not seem like she cared that much no. where her children were. No. Well, MVP losers. Okay, MVP, hands down Kelly. Me too! Right? Okay, Me good. Too. It's gotta be Kelly. I don't yeah. care if people on Twitter were not as enamored with her as we were. I loved her. She was the best. Um, yes. My loser, maybe the rest of the wolf pack. I'm, I'm skeptical of them. I don't like it. And I feel like they're part of the reason that Jason and Kelly broke up. So whoever caused Jason and Kelly to get a divorce, loser. Loser. Go ahead. Who's My loser? loser would be wolves because I think wolves are thinking, you guys, stop naming yourself after us. We don't act like this. We are monogamous and we don't kill people based on what some book tells us to do. And we just do it because we live in the wild and we're predators and we have to eat. That's why we kill people. We don't blame it on the Bible and we don't sleep around like you guys do. Blame it on the Bible is a great alternative title. Yes. So wolves, I thought, got a bad rap. I also thought swingers got a bad rap because I'm sure there are a lot of polyamorous people who have functioning, healthy relationships that don't lead to murder. Yeah. Tons. I, I saw a special on HBO. Now, granted, there was a lot of drama, and everyone really seemed to be unhappy and insecure the whole time. There's always drama. It doesn't really work. (laughs) But on Sister Wives, yeah, it really doesn't work on Sister Wives No, it really doesn't work. It really doesn't work. But they all say it works, and it makes them so happy. But then when you actually watch the episodes, they're miserable all the time. 100%. Okay. Correct. Joan Rivers Fashion Police, please. Okay, yeah. So the first video that we see, it's in like the first three seconds or the third first three minutes. You see the bump it, right? You caught it, right? The Who's Brina. bump it? Brina. Brina's got a bump yes. it. Yes. And it's huge. It's a yes. huge bump it, which leads me also into, I was fine with Kelly's lavender hair. Kelly is also a hairdresser. We don't mention that, but what, Kelly changes one... hair halfway through the episode. Everyone should know that. So Mank is interviewing Jason and Kelly and they're all wearing very solid muted colors, mm-hmm. like grays and browns. Yes. And then all of a sudden they cut to his next interview with them. And Jason is wearing a really bright flannel plaid shirt. Plaid shirt, yeah. yeah Mankowitz yeah. is wearing a checkerboard patterned shiny yep. suit with a blood red hanky. Mm-hmm. And Kelly has purple hair. It was like we flipped to the upside down. And everyone was snazzy there. Like, unsnazzy, snazzy. Oh, they're unsnazzy when they're married, and then they get a divorce, and, and it's then like, I've got a dress to impress. Yes. I'm a single 30-something-year-old. I yes. got it. Well, I was fine with her purple hair. Look great. Do- She's a hairdresser. A She's lot fine. of people on Twitter didn't like it, but I liked it. And normally, you know, I hate when people do trendy stuff on Dateline, because it airs in repeats so much, and it doesn't hold up over time. But she is a hairdresser. True. She has to represent her brand. And advertise yeah. her skills, and I thought, good yeah. for her. Um, and she did a pastel. She did, like, yes. an ashy lavender. Yeah. Yes. Um, 
I thought the husband Jason at one point there was a picture or he had he had tons of facial hair like a full-on like goatee thing and mm. then when he was shaven with Mankiewicz but in the picture I didn't know who it was and I got confused and it freaked me out because you know my mom who didn't recognize Matt Damon on 30 Rock because he was wearing a hat am I turning into that person where I, I can't don't e- I don't even remember the picture so I probably didn't recognize him at all or I would have noticed he that. looked like a totally different person with this facial That's hair weird. yeah I it was really weird that. So are we ready to talk about the elephant in the room in Fashion Police? What? Which is Sabrina in the courtroom was the most entertaining part of the episode for me. Why? She looked so haggard. It's what happens when you're in prison and you have no makeup and you're wearing an ill-fitting blazer. She looks 60 years old all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And in the pictures, she always presented herself like a little Barbie. And then she has no eyebrows. What did Kelly say? That was the best. That was okay. Kelly was so petty. I loved it. She yes. said it was so awesome to see Sabrina because she was always really vain about how she looked in with her hair and her makeup. So she knew that it was killing her to look like that in front of the cameras. Oh, my God. Her hair... Her roots are literally down to her chin. Yeah. She pulls it back and has a poof in the back, but her roots are so dark that the, and the poof is like white blonde, so it looks like there's just a poof glued on to the back of it. Her face and her chin is just all shrunken in. She yeah. was really skinny to begin with, but her face, it was like her skin was sagging off of her body. But that's what happens. It's prison. It's hard time. Prison is hard time. Her face was is... she was getting what she deserved with her face that's so all i'm sad. saying <laughs> and in the picture she looked real pretty and it was not like that in person and i felt like no. probably jonathan was looking at her and going yeah, i yeah, killed yeah. for that well no she was kind of hiding her face in the court the whole time did you notice it was always yes. like behind her hair she yeah, was so no, embarrassed she, about she her didn't face want people to see yeah because she's makeup. not wearing any makeup well i look like that without makeup so i would Probably so feel you feel bad way. for her. But also I wouldn't kill my husband. So no, exactly. I don't really feel bad. That's what you get, girl. Exactly. Um, do you have any alternative titles? Better titles? Yes. I have. Yes. Well, RJ on Twitter came up with Costco Casanova. <laughs> Jen Go, 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 I don't know how to say her name. She's from Canada. She's really nice. What else are you going to do in the desert? Which was the, Which the, was a good the prosecutor said that, right? Yes. Was it the prosecutor? He did. And I, I thought that. I was like, yeah, drugs or sex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or murder, I guess, pretty much. What, what do you do when the lake is closed for the day, I guess? Got it. Um, David rolls on Bathsheba, something like that. A tale of brows, because I really just was so fascinated by the eyebrow situation. And then I tried, I wrote Suddenly Seeking Sabrina, which was... I was trying to play on Seeking Purpose, and then I was an idiot, and I combined the TV show Suddenly Susan and Desperately Seeking Susan, the movie. I thought it was des- I thought it was Suddenly Seeking Susan, which is wrong. I don't know. I feel like it works. It it's kinda, fine. Okay. Um, a purpose-driven murder. Oh, that's good. Instead of a purpose-driven life. That's pretty good, right? That's good. Yeah. Um, unpacking the wolf pack. That's really good, too. I no, think By you. the way, notice... I'm not writing them down. I'm just listening. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. I'm enjoying them. (laughs) Okay, my last one. She photographs well. (laughs) That's a tweet. Did you tweet that? No. (laughs) Oh, that would have been a good tweet. Dang it. 
That's Aww. that was summed up the episode for me. Okay, what about okay. you? Um, I had good morning, my lover. <laughs> Gross. Sorry, I had tickling the wire because somebody's somebody's got to do of it. Of course, right? no, that's it's, a good one. I like it. <laughs> Jesus makes the worst bedfellow. <laughs> that I had. That's good. I had silver lakes, more like finger lakes. <gasps> For your fingering. I know you're welcome. You and then I know. And then I had Jesus take the gun. (laughs) Instead of Jesus (laughs) Jesus take take the the wheel. wheel. That's good. I was I was pleased with that one. Okay. Very good. So um I played three bingo cards and I won on one of them. Which one? I was pretty happy. It was Was a general. Oh, nice. Okay. What'd you hit? What'd you hit? Cell phone towers because they did that with they, his phone. They do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this might have been fudging it a little. DNA evidence. Because they lied and said they had some. That's fine. They said the words DNA evidence. Yes. But I think it, that's going to be a given in every episode. Maybe. Um, but I played three cards and I only won one of them. That means okay, our cards good. are fairly difficult, I think. Good. They should um, be. Incriminating texts. There good. were those. Oh. Uh, facial hair free for all. Because the goatees just kept switching in every photo. and it was... Well, and Rob had the chin yes. tee. I don't know what that's called when it's only it hair on the po- chin. It was like Bart Simpson hair where it was just every few inches there were dots of really I didn't dark understand. hair. I didn't understand. I didn't understand. Maybe that we just didn't get a good picture of it. Maybe we would have understood it if you'd seen him in person and you would yeah. be like, okay, I understand, but not in pictures. Didn't no, I didn't. Well. It was maybe the opposite of Sabrina where in pictures she right. looked pretty good. And then in court. Yeah. And then questionable slash crispy hair, which was mostly thanks to Mm. Sabrina's sister. I think you could also give that to Sabrina because anytime you're a bleach blonde white, you have crispy hair. Oh, for sure. And I forgot her her roots were so bad in prison. I wonder, because she'd been in prison for like a year, right? And I know that must have killed Kelly as her hairdresser at one point to be like, that is not my handiwork, you guys. Kelly Kelly was delighted. I didn't do that. She was happy. Kelly was delighted. Yeah. She was like, look at those roots. I can't touch them up for you while you're in prison. You lost your best friend and your hairdresser. Good job, girl. Okay, so ready for Twitter? Yes. Okay. Jess Michaels says, lessons learned from Dateline. One, the first rule of Weird Sex Club is never talk about Weird Sex Club. Also, (laughs) maybe murder your husband. That's good. Jane Zander, banana pudding bad enough without adding arsenic. I agree. Nero Zero. Yes. I like banana pudding. Sorry. Um, Nero0007 wrote to Olivia, the cute reporter girl that started following us, and said, great work on the coverage. By the way, you're so beautiful. And Josh Makowitz wrote back, thank you. Oh, wait. That's amazing. That's (laughs) wonderful. Kyle is meow. How do you have fun with your friends? Share with any ideas. (laughs) Maybe non-sexual fun. Uh, Tennessean Liam, how many people have Googled house prices for Silver Lakes? The locals sound really friendly. (laughs) Limey Lizzie, realized who Sabrina looks like. She's Mayor Winningham, but stretched out a lot. So Mayor Winningham and Rubber Man. Um, (laughs) Alfredo Rapp, first of all, Sabrina looks 70 years old. There is no second of all. Uh, Alfredo Rapp again, Sabrina's face looks like it's melting off. Dana San 88. I can only assume God told Jonathan to throw Sabrina under the bus as part of his greater plan. Then I had wow. questions about what did God, did he pray to God? Should I flip on her? 
and he heard oh, yeah, God he saying, yeah. yes, well, roll on her. Well, because God told him that he needed to plead guilty because he needed to not his not guilty plea right. that he originally had before he decided to flip was He maybe thought he was freeing Sabrina from the chains of the lie that she was living. I'm sure he had it all worked out with a with a huge things from Galatians about why this is important. Yeah. Yes. Kelly Woohoo, seriously though, divorce doesn't look good on a bio, but murder is an action word. Um <laughs> This was one of my favorites. Lily May 87. They sound like they're having phone sex with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's totally true. Oh Doesn't it kind of exactly what it sounds yeah, like? Yeah, that's hilarious. Rawhide Velvet. Nothing would get me hotter than a Costco swinger group, said nobody ever. Um, Alfredo Rap. Jason looks so much like Rob Schneider. Honestly, is his name even Jason? I'm on wine number two. <laughs> yes. I love when she gets drunk. Um, Olivia, the reporter, Olivia LaVoice tweeted, then of course, Sabrina's affair with a young, handsome firefighter. And I wrote, handsome? And she wrote, a lot of people seem to think so. And I wrote back, hmm. I was not, hmm. He, um, I honestly, he wasn't that bad looking. I'm not sure why you're so I don't froggy face about him. Okay. I don't get it. We just um, had so many, much, many worse looking people that that's he was true. just fine to me. Um, yeah. F Del three on Twitter said that Jonathan looked like a young Ted Cruz. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> and that's where the frog face comes in. Okay. Um, I uh, I said I loved when he said Nilla wafers. I felt I I didn't know why he felt the need to give us the recipe. Like, why did he have to add that Nilla wafers were in I there? I know. I didn't get that either. I was <laughs> like, we know. We know how banana pudding is made with Nilla wafers. Nobody's a dum-dum. I didn't know that because and maybe food, I've never had it. And on Food Network, they have to call them vanilla wafers because <gasps> Nilla really is, is the yeah. trademark. Well, they do it on every time they bake with candies. They're like chocolate nougat candy. And I'm like, oh, chocolate Snickers. Chocolate nougat candy. They do it all the time. Caramel cookie bars. That's I love a Twix. It. Yeah. Um, so I said I wanted more sex details and Cindy said she also wanted more sex details and wanted to know if there was a signature wolf pack move. And Josh Mankiewicz wrote that he really should have asked that. He said, I should have asked that. He <laughs> said, we couldn't have aired it, but maybe as a web extra. If there was a secret knock that they did yes, when they came over I don't know. to each other's house. Oh, oh my God. Did they, <gasps> did they howl? Did they howl? I bet did they, they howled. Howl? And that's oh how they knew that one of them had scored with one of the other wives or something. Did I just crack it? I, cracked I bet it. you did. I, cracked, I, I bet you the did. Yes. Um, Sean G, I don't trust Sabrina's sister because she wears transition lenses. I think that's a great just <laughs> general thing in life. And finally, Christina Mann, Sabrina gots a horse face like a mofo. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. Twitter was great this week. We talked to Anthony Cava. We talked about Golden Girls a lot. We talked a lot about Cheryl from last week. If she was ever invited to Big Mike's parties or if she just was allowed to find the trash afterwards. And I know. And Kate Can B wants to go shopping with her at Kohl's and use their Kohl's cash. Because we think that Cheryl totally shops at Kohl's. She totally does. And And buys seasonal stuff. Yes. And we wanted to play Bunko with her. I can do it. We thought we thought she was a great gal, and she was someone that I would call a gal. Yeah, you know she's a great she gal. Is. Yeah, she's a great gal. So, what what ratings would you give this episode, please? 
I think I'm going to give it like a 4.6 or 4.7. It was titillating. They said in all the previews, it has everything. It it was good. It, it was really fun. had a lot it kept, of stuff. It kept my attention. I was really, I was never bored. Yeah. Mankiewicz did a great job. Mankey was wonderful. I thought it was really good. What yeah. about you? What did you think? I agree. I thought it was great. So okay. if it had had more sex details, I would have given it five stars. But I, I understand that they could not go full out with the sex. Maybe this show needed to be on HBO. So everybody follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. And yes, please. And tell a friend. Tell, tell three friends. Friend. Tell your whole wolf pack. Tell them about the podcast. Then have the sex with the wolf pack. And then make them subscribe. There you go. You can still do your sex thing is what I'm trying to say. So uh, don't everybody don't watch alone. Watch under a full moon. I, I just can't with you sometimes. I just... I'm smiling at you. Do you I know, and I'm not smiling back. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You do it. I have nothing, but nothing would have been better than that. <laughs> Don't watch alone. I feel like I'm going to vomit. <laughs> <That's what she laughs> says. Okay. Bye, everybody. We're Bye, off to everybody. the toilets. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>